This is episode one of the Netsweepreneur podcast, produced by STEM Media. Let's get it. Listening to the Nesbypreneur Podcast, where we share information and inspiration to help make your dream become a reality. Do you have a big idea? Looking to take your business to the next level? Then look no further, you have come to the right place. And now, here's your host, Mia Maya Mabry. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Nesby Panure Podcast, produced by STEM Media. I am your host, Nehemiah Mabry, and I intend to inspire. Today, I'm super excited because I have with me none other than the Miss Jewel Burks. How are you doing today, Jewel? I am doing really well. Thank you so much for having me. Great. Thank you for uh, taking the time to be a part of the podcast. Jewel Burks is co-founder and CEO of PartPit an Atlanta-based startup designed to streamline the purchase of maintenance and repair parts using computer vision technology. PartPick has raised over $1.5 million in seed funding to integrate its proprietary technology into mobile apps and websites of parts distributors and retailers. In addition to leading PartPick, Jewel also serves as entrepreneur-in-residence for diversity markets at Google. She worked to help underserved business owners attract and engage customers using Google's business tools. Jewel is a native of Nashville, Tennessee, and a graduate of Howard University. Jewel, how did I do with that? Did I did I nail that introduction? That was that was pretty good. Thank it was you. Good. <laughs> Thank All you right. for that. Cool. Just want to make sure I, I did it justice. Well, um, one of the things I like to open up the the episode, the podcast with, is just you sharing a random fact about yourself. And this is something that could be uh, a crazy hobby of yours, uh, a hidden, unknown, at least to this point, nickname, whatever you want to share. Something just to remind <laughs> our listeners that you are uh, you are human. You are a relatable, down-to-earth person. Okay. I don't know how crazy it is, but um, <laughs> I guess the, the random fact that a lot of people don't know about me is that I love to paint. So that's kind of my mm. outlet. Um, that's kind of my activity to the call myself with all the startup and mm-hmm. entrepreneur stuff that goes on in my life. Um, so I like to, to paint, to release a little bit. Wow. So you have like a couple of canvases up in your room that you have an original artwork or is this kind of one of those, let me just get a piece of paper and some brushes. Um, no, I, I, I keep canvases and paints um, in a room in my apartment. So wow. um, I haven't had a chance to in a, in, several months but i have it on my mm-hmm. agenda for this weekend actually to, to do some painting because it's been <laughs> a crazy few weeks and i need to to release a little bit so that's kind of what i do i hear that i hear that well that's great thanks for sharing that and uh we're gonna dig a little bit into i guess the craziness of your business uh in a little bit um but first you just want to know a little bit more about you you know we, we read an introduction that you went to howard university and Thank you. what what yeah. did you yeah <laughs> you, you represent. I hear you. All right. Uh, shout out to Howard out there. What did you major in when you were there? So I was a business major at Howard, uh, concentrated mm-hmm. in marketing. Okay. So you yeah. already knew that you wanted to kind of run some stuff. <laughs> uh, pretty much, yeah. I grew up with 
entrepreneurship as kind of my parents were both entrepreneurs. So I, I always had in mind that I wanted to uh, start and run businesses. That was kind of all I was exposed to growing up. So that was, that was the path I knew I was kind of going on. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, knowing that this is what you wanted to do, did you have any kind of early experiences where you test the water a little bit, try to start a little lemonade stand or something like that here or there? <laughs> um, I don't know about lemonade stand, but I did kind of going back to the thing I just said, which is that I love to paint. When I was in high school, oh. I would do paintings and sell them. So that was kind of my little hustle um, when I was in high school. Did that do pretty well? Was it something that you really enjoy it? Um, yeah, it, it was. It, it did. It did okay because usually I would give stuff away, so that wasn't great for business. Because um, <laughs> I was just, you know, people would be like, "Oh, I love that thing you did for that other person over there." So, um, so I would end up giving stuff away sometimes. So that wasn't great um, on the business side, but it's something I enjoy doing. I really like to see people um, with my art. So, so yeah, I've learned a lot about business since then. I'll say. Well, I guess talking about business in your early days, um, you said you always had that in mind. Your parents were entrepreneurs. As it relates to your current business, your current path, can you kind of share with us kind of how that, you know, part pick and and even what you're doing at Google, how did this phase or chapter kind of begin? Sure. So um, I'll start with kind of Google because that was my first job out of school. So um, I actually even before I graduated, I interned at Google in Mountain View. And that was kind of my my sort of entryway into the tech industry. Um, and when I went out there, it was the summer after my sophomore year. And so I really just fell in love with the industry, um, with the company, and wanted to – I was really eager to start working there full time. Um, so I actually ended up graduating early so that I could – um, get back to work, which is, is kind of crazy. But um, so I started wow. full time in 2010 and was doing enterprise sales at Google um, out in Mountain View, and then did that for a couple years and ended up just kind of getting a little homesick and wanted to be closer to my family. Um, mm-hmm. My family is all in the South, so and <laughs> I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I have folks in Alabama and in Georgia. So Atlanta was kind of like a good uh, middle ground. So decided to move to Atlanta, leave my job at Google, and start working for a major parts distributor um, in Atlanta. So totally different industry, totally different company. Um, But started working there, and pretty early on in my time there, realized that there was this big hole as it related to technology, and uh, I wanted to fill it. So that's kind of where the idea for Part Pit came about. Um, And so got started on this idea for um, being able to recognize a part with an image. And, yeah, two and a half years later, we are uh, an actual company. (laughs) It's not just me anymore and my idea. Right. So, yeah, we have um, eight people now. And so, yeah, that's kind of the, the story. Great. Well, that's excellent that you were able to make it back down south because I too am from the south born in Georgia raised in Alabama so we may have a similar stomping probably grounds. cousins <laughs> you never know hey you, you never know 
That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, all right. So we're going to go into kind of the, the, the nitty gritty, I guess, of your business. And um, this is opportunity to kind of just hear how, how, how Jewel does it. And um, for starters, Jewel, we want to get from you your elevator pitch. And so um, to explain for those listening, elevator pitch is basically a very short brief. And we're going to we're going to limit it at 30 seconds here. Um, opportunity for you to share exactly what you do, what your company is about, and it's supposed to take place in the span of time that it would take for you to get on the elevator and get off. So, Jewel, you're getting on the elevator, you push the button, you get on, and come to find out that the person that stepped on right behind you is a investor. And so they turn to you and they say, Jewel, what exactly do you do? You would say what? I would say, hello, my name is Jewel Burks, and I'm co-founder and CEO of PartPick. And PartPick is visual search for replacement parts. And what we do is we make it super simple to find any parts you might need in a repair project with just an image as opposed to a part name or number. And we are licensing this technology to major distributors and retailers to put inside their mobile app and on their websites to help their customers. Boom. Nailed it. You get A-plus for that, Jewel. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> great job. Great job. Great job. So I hope our listeners are taking note on that. Very short, very to the point. Um, kind of gave the basics of your company. And then from there, say if I was the investor, I would say, how could I keep in contact with you? We would exchange information, and magic would happen, right? Absolutely. Ideally. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Always. Um, so tell us this. Um, can you break down for us? What is your business model? And for those listening, again, this just means um, how exactly does part pick make money or intend to make money? Sure. So just as I kind of stated in that elevator pitch, um, what our business model is is that we license our technology that we've built. Um, so we've built technology from scratch. We put a few patents on it, and we license that technology to distributors, retailers, um, suppliers. So think companies like Granger and um, even companies like Home Depot. Those are the types of companies that we're selling to. And um, we allow them to license the technology to put inside their mobile app and on their website so that their customers mm -hmm. can have an easier experience when it comes to searching for parts. So instead of having to figure out what a particular parts um, part number is or describe it over the phone, they can mm -hmm. just upload a photo that they take um, from their smartphone um, and use that as the catalyst for their search. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. so let me just kind of dig in a little bit. So when you say technology, what you mean is like uh, code, like uh, software. Yes, yes. We, we have an API um, that we built, and again, it can integrate into mobile apps, onto websites, we're even in develop we're developing a kiosk for in-store use. Uh, and so that's kind of where we, essentially what we've done is we realized pretty early on that there was nothing on the market that existed that was robust enough to be able to identify parts without any label or barcode or any identifying information on it. So we essentially, you know, dug in to understand what are the things that differentiate a bolt from a screw from a from a nut. Um, and you're talking you know, about visually, right? You're visually yeah, from the picture. Visually, okay. exactly. So things like um, being able to determine the length, being able to determine the width, being able to determine um, things like the threads per inch, 
those are all the things that we can pick up from the image um, and retie those pieces that we pick up to the data that we have in our database um, mm-hmm. to a part. And um, so, yeah, that's really how, how we do it. It's just a lot more complicated than that, but that's kind of the abbreviated version. And yeah. and we've essentially, we're, we're building up this massive database of parts that we match to. So that's kind of what we've we've done. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, you know, our audience, as I've shared with you, um, is a group of entrepreneurs and even aspiring entrepreneurs and even those people that just have an idea but they haven't gone anywhere with it. And so um, walk us through what you did to get the ball rolling because I think everybody has had that experience. I've had it several times where I'm like, man, this would be a tight app or this would be a great software if I could just make this and put it online. But, you know, that's kind of as far as we go. What was the first thing? Did you find somebody? Could you code? Did you find somebody that knew something? Walk us through those first things you kind of did to get the ball rolling. Yeah. So I think the first thing, the first thing that I did when I came up with the idea was I asked a few people. Um, first person I, I sent the idea to was my mom, of course, hmm. um, just to see. She's kind of always the first test just to see if it you know, worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And she thought it was a great idea. Um, So I was like, okay, great. Pass the mom's test. Um, (laughs) And then I chatted with one of my former coworkers who was a really good friend of mine, um, who's now my Mm co-founder. And he was, when I, around the time I left um, Google to go to McMaster Car, the parts company, he had left to go to Shazam, which is a uh, music recognition company. So if you like, mm-hmm. you need to figure out the name of a song. Mm-hmm. You can help people with that. So I asked him because I was curious. Um, you know, that's a recognition company. Curious to see if he had any insight on whether or not he thinks this same technology can be applied to parts. Mm-hmm. Um, so talked to him about it. He thought it was a really good idea, and so much so that he was interested in working with me on it. Um, and then from there, then I really started researching. Mm-hmm. So figuring out, um, you know, what is it going to take to make this idea reality? Um, mm-hmm. And just started understanding more about these these technologies around computer vision, machine learning, and um, sort of immersing myself into at least knowing the vocabulary around them so right. that when I spoke to people and said, okay, this is what I want to build, um, you know, that I could speak intelligently about that. Mm-hmm. So then I kind of went through this period where I was trying to find engineers who could help me um, with building it out. And, you know, that's always a process. Um, mm-hmm. trying to vet people and, and figure out what, what skills they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but finally we landed on folks who um, actually had the skill set to at least build out an MVP. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of the, the first few steps. I mean, it, it's more to it than that. Certainly mm-hmm. like thinking about things like, okay, I'm going to save up money because I really believe in this idea. And at some point mm-hmm. I want to be able to put my job back and work on it full time. So there was a lot mm-hmm. of playing around that. Um, certainly just continuing to understand from a customer perspective, like what will people pay for this? Will they be willing to pay for this? And to solve that, offer that, I did a lot of what we call like customer discovery. Um, Mm -hmm. So asked a lot of questions and really took the time since I was still working at a parts company um, to do a a ton of just research around that. 
So gotcha. those are kind of the first the first few steps that I took to to build it out. Wow, now, and now that's extremely valuable the story you just shared because um, I'm I'm sure you know you're kind of maybe even still in that process. But the first couple of things are very um, helpful because I think you said a number of things that we can take away. One, um, you didn't just keep it to yourself, and I think a big myth that entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, have is that I can't tell anybody about my idea like I got this idea I need to keep it to myself I need to protect it because as soon as I tell somebody what they're gonna steal it right but you knew who you could call you knew who you could trust to kind of get feedback and I'm not saying that it's important to just share your idea with the world however you you kind of need other people to kind of validate whether or not you know what you came up with was viable right was it was it even a good idea Right. So I think that was a, a, a great lesson from that. Um, another thing I noticed that you, you said is that you start to educate yourself, which is very important as well. Uh, we can have ideas for industries that we know nothing about. And even though you worked in the parts industry, you still began to kind of look deeper and to try to find out more about what was necessary to, to really flesh this thing out. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that was super important. I, I knew what I was experiencing every day, um, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the depths of the customer's experience as it related to them searching for parts. I knew pieces of it. I knew mm-hmm. kind of the pieces mm-hmm. that I could hear, which was when they were extremely frustrated, I was the person that they had to speak to about how are they going to get their part uh, order corrected and things like that. But I wanted to kind of understand all layers of the cycle and mm-hmm. figure out what was the best way for me to plug in with a, with a new technology. That's great. And I'm sure a lot of people could benefit from, from that. Um, now, if you would share with us something we're we're really interested in, I'm always interested to hear of some early um, specific challenge or maybe even a failure or disappointment that you experienced in building your company. Something that you know came up kind of maybe unexpectedly, you had to overcome, and then you learned lesson lessons even as a result of it. Sure. So I think the biggest sort of um, challenge or disappointment was this when I discovered that I wasn't going to be able to build on top of something that existed already. So when I came up with mm-hmm. the idea, I really thought this is a no brainer because there's already visual search um, APIs out there on the market. They just haven't been applied to this industry. So I can just mm-hmm. upload, I can just get the images of all these parts and, and, use one one of these um, applications that's already out there. And I realized probably about six months into working on this idea that that just was not going to work. The technology that was on the market just was not robust enough. And so mm-hmm. imagine my surprise when this, this, <laughs> <laughs> this idea that I'm thinking is going to take me probably, you know, a year to develop and launch is really going to be more <laughs> yeah. like two years because, the development side for wow. something that doesn't exist in the world is, is obviously much longer. Um, right. So, you know, in terms of, the, and that has implications because I only had saved up a certain amount of money. So that means, okay, I'm going to have to figure out another way to make sure that my <laughs> bills are paid because the bills don't stop. Right. <laughs> um, let the money stretch. Right. Exactly. So, you know, that's where <laughs> I had to get creative and figure some mm-hmm. stuff out because, yeah, my original plan didn't work out as planned. Wow. So you, so you learned that it's always a little bit more than it appears to be up front. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah. That's that's really important too because I think when people find that out, you kind of have another opportunity to say, all right, am I for real, for real about this? You know, like I was for real with the original plan I had, but now it's going to, you know, take a little longer than I expected. And, and the rubber is really, really meeting the road. I guess that's an opportunity to either turn back or dig in and you decide to dig in, right? Right, exactly. Yep. Great. Well, um, excellent. You've given us just a wonderful wonderful uh, amount of insight but kind of coming into our, our third and final segment of this interview this is where we kind of begin to share advice specific advice from you and other takeaways that um, those that are listening can can take right now and apply to their own their own ventures and so you know working as an entrepreneur and really trying to push a project for you don't have someone a boss necessarily coming and giving you tasks every day and telling you, Hey, I need this by five o'clock or whatever. Can you describe for us, um, what your typical ideal day would look like uh, when it comes to running part pick? Oh, um, so I will just let you know, there's definitely <laughs> no typical day. Um, especially for okay. me, because as you mentioned in my bio, I run part pick and I also have a special kind of, interesting role with Google um, where I do mm-hmm. a lot of events and I do a lot of traveling. So there definitely isn't a, a normal or, <laughs> you know, a typical day, but I'll say the things that are pretty consistent. I, I wake up early. If I'm in Atlanta, I get into the office. Um, and usually in the morning we have, we call it daily stand-up meetings. And those are, mm-hmm. so it's me and all the, um, my tech team, so all the engineers on my team, and I'm essentially sort of serving as project manager, so listening to all of the um, work that was completed the day before, sort of updates, as well as any obstacles that folks are facing, Um, and we kind of go through that sort of round-robin process so I can understand where everybody is and where they are as it relates to tasks. Um, So that's kind of how we start the day. Actually, let me say before that, I always make a to-do list every every mm-hmm. day. Um, like that's one of the first Very things important. I do, and that really helps yeah. me because I'm definitely a big like I really like to get the feeling of just checking things off of a list. Um, and it helps me <laughs> kind of remember all the things I need to do in a day. So that's the first thing. Then when I get in the office, we we have a, a stand-up meeting um, pretty early, like around nine, and then um, typically it's just more a lot of meetings depending right now you know we are focused on bringing on customers and uh, sort of driving folks from proof of concepts into pilots and into full licenses um so there's typically right. you know some some meetings and planning that has to be done around that um and then right now we're also hiring so there's you know resume reviews and interviews that have to be done as well um so there's, it really varies, but that's kind of a, I would say, usually it's some some compilation of those things um, going gotcha. on within a day. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you kind of start off focusing on kind of the technical aspects of the company, and then as the day progresses, begin to start focusing on some of the customer interfaces, some of the some of the people work. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then cool. to kind of like just to wrap up the day. Usually in the evenings, um, well, I just finished up a class. I was I was in class doing uh, visual design, um, mm-hmm. so that was taking up my Monday and Wednesday nights. 
um, which was which was a nice kind of like mental exercise and also just yeah. helping me sort of round out my skill set on, on certain things as mm-hmm. well. Um, so I think that's pretty important. Like I try to do, whether it be some practice on that or like reading in the evenings, um, that right. that helps me to kind of like come down from the days. And then mm-hmm. also um, usually talk to family as well in the evenings, like my mom or my dad, um, my younger brothers, just trying to check in right. on folks and see how everyone's doing. So that's typically, that's like a typical day for me. Cool. Yeah. yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, the next question is this: is is um, let's imagine that we had a time machine right now, and I said, Jewel, you could use my time machine and go back into time and speak to yourself. I would say maybe about a year before you actually launched Part Pick, mm-hmm. you could give yourself uh, ten seconds worth of advice. Just some really quick advice. You say, Hey, younger Jewel. Blah, 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 and you had to get back in the time machine and come back to the present day. What advice would you give that younger, um, less informed version of yourself if you could go in our time machine? Um, it's only 10 seconds. Okay, I think the message I would give to my younger self is just have faith. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that's, you know, have faith, don't worry. That It's something along those lines because that really is the most important thing I think that has helped me throughout this journey um, is just being faithful mm-hmm. and knowing that it will work out. It may be difficult. It may be stressful. Um, but I'll always kind of get to the other side of whatever the, the hard and pressing situation is. And so I think if I knew that a little sooner, then, um, mm-hmm. you know, things would, would go a lot, a lot smoother along the way. Right. They wouldn't get to you as much because you knew that there's still light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. Yes, yes. And there's always light at the end of the tunnel for those of us listening. Um, you know, faith is definitely important. So thank you. That's that's great advice. Now, if you could share uh, with us one book and or resource that you would recommend that you have used to help you run your business more effectively, what would it be? Um, I think for anyone that is looking at starting a business, I'd say the book that I felt was most helpful in this frame of mind um, was The Lean Startup. So I Hmm. think that this idea of sort of getting out of the building, um, surveying folks before you spend the time and energy and build something that nobody wants is really, really really helpful. Um, Yeah. So I definitely recommend that. In the, in the, on the long, along the same lines with like looks like the business model canvas. Um, so mm-hmm. basically, these are essentially like workbooks to um, think of how to frame your how to frame what you're doing um, and make sure that you're working and focusing on the right things. So those right. would be my recommendations for anybody who is thinking about starting a business because you know at this point I get a lot of people you know giving me their ideas and telling me like, Oh, I'm thinking mm-hmm. about doing this. And my first question <laughs> is always like, okay, so who have you talked to? Have you, have you right. didn't gotten any validation that somebody will be willing to pay for this? And typically mm-hmm. the answer is no. <laughs> so I definitely <laughs> recommend that to folks before they start out. anything. Man, if you just did a quick search of our, uh, what pattern database, you would see so many inventions that like, <laughs> they look cool, I guess, but nobody wants to buy them. Right. So exactly. that is very valuable. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, the Lean Startup and the Business Model Canvas. I've checked out the Business Model Canvas. Haven't read the Lean Startup, but I definitely have to check that one out. But uh, in closing, Jewel, could you please go ahead and share with our listeners um, how they could find out more about you or what you do with PartPick? And then uh, sign off with uh, one of your favorite inspirational or motivational quotes. Oh, okay. Um, so people can contact me um, on Twitter. I'm pretty active on Twitter at Jewel Melanie. Um, PartPick, you can find PartPick on Twitter at PartPick. You can obviously always go to PartPick.com for more information about what we're doing. We try to keep that pretty current. Um, and my favorite quote, let me think about that. Um, what is my favorite no quote? No pressure. I don't know if this is cliche, but I got to go with a, a Bible verse because it, that, that's okay. kind of <laughs> what I'm about. No, that's cool. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so my favorite Bible verse is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Um, mm-hmm. And it's trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So it kind of draws back to that whole idea of um, just being faithful and having faith and, and that really being um, part of the whole entrepreneurship journey. I love it. I love it. Well, Jewel, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, spend some time with us here on the Nespreneur Podcast. I know I am, for one, uh, very grateful for all that you shared. And so thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for having me again. Hey, listeners, I just want to thank you all once again as well for sharing your headphones, your earbuds, uh, your speakers with me here on this uh, podcast episode. I uh, hope you got as much as I did from my conversation and interview with Jewel. And one thing I'm going to be trying to do in the very near future for this and all of the upcoming episodes is put together some notes from the show. I know sometimes uh, the people that I speak to will have some very, very interesting comments and suggestions and resources. So what I will do is make these available to you um, very soon on the STEM Media website. So the way that you can find this is go to stemmedia.org and click on click on podcast and there you you should find synopsis or show notes available for for you to just download and check out some of the notes that you may or not may or may not been able to write down um during your listening period. But anyway, hope to catch y'all later in the future. All the best to you. Take care. Peace. for listening we really hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love for you to come and join us again next time in the meantime please do us a couple of favors one subscribe to the podcast on itunes or any other platform you might find us on and two rate and leave a positive review so we can know what you think of the show and finally spread the word tell your friends and family that they can join us right here on the nesby podcast